Random Inks Productions presents the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Avengers Rewatch with your hosts, Justin and Mark. Join us as we watch Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, fight to save mankind in preparation for the galaxy's biggest threat, Thanos. Welcome, everyone, to the Marvel Avengers Rewatch series. We are the credulous nerds, Mark and Justin. We want to thank you for for joining us today and listening to this podcast. It's episode 11, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Like I said, my name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, chronologically, right after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And this film came out in 2017 and was again directed by James Gunn. And uh, as far as those who are starring in this film, it's a repeat of the cast that we saw in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Still got Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer, Vin Diesel voices Baby Groot, again. Bradley Cooper as Rocket the Raccoon. Michael Rooker is back as Yondu. Karen Gillan is back as Nebula. We have a new character called Mantis, and she is played by Palm Clementis. I'm guessing that's how you say it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone makes an appearance in this film as a Ravager, Sakar Ogard. Ogard. And then Kurt Russell, he plays Eagle the Celestial. We have Elizabeth Debicki, who plays Aisha, who's that uh, golden queen, golden uh, ruler, I guess you could say. We have... She's like the, um, the priestess, right? Yeah. Yep. And then we have an interesting uh, character named Taserface, who's played by Chris <laughs> Sullivan. <laughs> Taserface. Who's <laughs> like, great name. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much the same cast as last time, minus a few and added a few. So uh, again, a great cast, great casting. They played off each other well, very well acted, very well directed. Um, some good things about this film. I, I think original, initially I liked uh, the first one better, and there's still some, some good things in this one, though. There aren't any Infinity Stones in this one, as far as I can remember. Uh, there's obviously no shield connections since they're still out in outer space. And there aren't any Avengers involved because we haven't met them yet. But we will shortly in the Avengers 3 Infinity War. Uh, I think they've already started to release some clips of the Guardians meeting up with Thor and his crew. So it's going to happen. Yep, and apparently in the new one, uh, Tony Stark makes crappy plans. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Peter Quill doesn't. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, watch, watch the trailers. Yeah, that's going to be interesting uh, dynamic there. Peter Quill and Tony Stark. <laughs> because they're both so self-absorbed, right? I think that's what's so funny is like, 
Uh, that's a good plan, though. But let me be honest, you with you, it's pretty crappy. <laughs> like it's just like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So I think if we want a good plan, we should do my plan. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah, it's good. You know, Peter Quill like legitimately reminds me of a Captain Sparrow from you know, uh, Iron. stupid Dead Man's Tale and all that. You know, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Where he just comes up with these plans, like memories, like, how do you come up with, you know, do you plan this? He's like, if I did, it'd never work. You know what I mean? He just like flies from the seat of his pants and it, he just lucks out and it's amazing. You know what I mean? So it's, that's what I like about Peter Quill. Yeah. He's good on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how does this film advance the overall story as we know it? Um, not really sure. A lot of cool things happen, but, um, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is it kind of reveals, you know, Peter's powers, maybe, but he kind of got the sense that he lost him after, you know, after his dad died, but you just don't know, and it's almost just, I don't know, telling who his dad was. His dad was a celestial, and that's why I'm kind of saying, you know, is uh, will the celestials ever play a part in it, because... Otherwise, what's the point of ever bringing his dad in? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I think the bringing in, bringing in the celestial aspect of it could play either directly where we see more celestials or just knowing that Peter Quill is part celestial. I mean, that could play into it at some point as well. I think this kind of helps bring the, the Guardians even closer. They in the beginning of this film, they splinter, you know, Rocket and Peter Quill are arguing all the time. Gamora is mad at them because they're arguing all the time. Drax is being Drax. Groot is just a little twig. Um, so you kind of got, they're starting to splinter and it, by the end they come together. And then also Gamora kind of is brought into the fold a little bit more, or not Gamora, uh, Nebula, the sister, the blue sister. Uh, they're mm. they're kind of she's brought in and accepted more, and she's not necessarily wanting to kill them as much or kill Gamora as much. I guess at the end. Then Yondu, we kind of get an end to his story arc. Um, so I guess there's some things, but very nothing big as far as we know at, at, up to this point. Maybe that changes with the release of this next Avengers movie in, in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, so we start out this film with an opening battle with this monster. They're been hired to defeat the monster, and so we get the opening credits as they're battling. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but pretty ugly. Lots of teeth, yeah. lots of tentacles, <laughs> pretty hard hide. So they eventually yeah, see him. Just a battle, I guess. I don't know. And they kind of did it cool with the credit scenes, you know, and Groot's dancing all over. That was probably more interesting to me than the stupid battle, right? It's like <laughs> Groot's dancing and he's trying to catch these little rat things and yeah. w- whatever's going on. And everyone's like, hi, Groot, you know, like, oh, watch out, don't die. Like, it's just kind of like Groot's waving at Gamora and, you know, getting mad at Drax because he, you know, landed on the, the stereo and everything else. Yeah. So, you know, this happens. They end up defeating this monster. Gamora 
is able to stab him and to lay him basically. And Drax thinks he's done it, but he didn't. Uh, and then they they're rewarded by uh, this uh, priestess Aisha from the Sovereign. And but then Rocket steals some of the batteries that they were protecting. They they leave, and then all of a sudden they find out that they stole batteries. So the Sovereign sends their fighters after them, and there's this big space battle for the next five to ten minutes. And we see <clears throat> Ego show up on this little spaceship, <laughs> according to Rocket, and he just destroys them all with one... I don't know if it's lightning or some energy blast destroys all of them. There's probably like 50 of them. He gets all of them at once. But they, they end up crash landing on this planet. Ego shows up. He introduces himself as uh, Peter's dad. And they, they talk about things. And he says, hey, come back to my planet. I want to show you kind of my story and kind of what's going on. So Peter, Gamora, and Drax leave. And then uh, Groot... Rocket and Gamora stay there to fix the ship, and they'll follow them later. And here we're introduced to a new character, the new character Mantis, and she she's not an empath. What is she? What does she call herself? Oh, it, yeah, it's like almost like an empath, but almost like the opposite. She can like, like um, instead of like reading minds and and inserting thoughts, she can read emotions and insert emotions. Yeah. So I, I don't remember what she calls it. That's a good question. Um, I yeah, but uh, yeah, so it, I, it's pretty, you know, almost cooler than an empath, right? I mean, that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. We got this funny bit where she reads uh, Peter Quill's emotions and that she, that he has feelings for Gamora. Drax thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> you must be so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> so Mantis and Drax play off each other really well. They're kind of like opposite sides of the same coin. They just have no social grace at all. They <laughs> they they take everything literal, I guess, is what you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and it's they're a good pair. Just to the point of like like insanity, right? Like you are the most ugly person I know. You know what I mean? It's like, no, that's a good thing. It's like (laughs) that way. If if someone loves you, you know, they love you for you. (laughs) It's just kind of like, wait, what? Like, Oh, thanks. I'm going to go punch myself in the face now. See you later. Yeah. That was a good addition to the cast. Um, So they head off to to the the planet. Is the planet called Ego as well? Or is it just, uh, the father is called Ego. Yeah, I think they do call the planet Ego as well because it's, he, like, the planet is him, right? True. I mean, yeah. um, so, which is why he had to keep returning to the planet. So I, I think, yeah, I think they do call the planet Ego. Yeah, so you see, they get there and it's just this beautiful place, very picturesque. It looks like it's out of a painting. Everything's perfect and beautiful and great there. And uh, Peter's father gives him a rundown how he he's a celestial. He was created out of a thought, sounds like, and just kind of slowly over eons 
grew and formed himself and he ended up uh, being being first as a, a planet, right? And then he created him his physical body out of that planet, mm-hmm. using his, his thoughts and things like that. And so as he uses his form to travel around, he travels around and meets up with these you know, species and procreate. And that's how he ended up meeting uh, Peter's mom. Is he visited Earth, he met her, they they hung out, they fell in love, they had Peter, and then but the ego, like you said, he has to return to his planet or else he'll die. So that's why he left his mom. And while he was gone, his mom died, and ego supposedly sent Yandu back to Earth to collect Peter and bring him back to Ego. But uh, Yandu and his crew decided not to do that and just keep him. Because he was a skinny little kid that could get into small places and still. Mm-hmm. And they both said it, right? They both said that. It's at different times in the movie. Same exact yeah. thing. Yep. So that's going on there. And then we got back on this other planet with the ship, Rocket and Groot and Gamora. They're sitting there. No, not Gamora. Nebula. They're trying to fix the ship, but the Ravagers show up to kidnap them or I guess take them back to Sovereign because the Sovereign had shown up and hired them to to bring those guys back. So they show up, but Rocket has laid all these traps for them. There's pretty cool sequences where we got these, they step on these traps and all these needles shoot out and stab them and kind of knocks them out. And then they got, Rocket has these anti-gravity mines that he's blown off and they keep flying up in the air and falling down and then he does it again and again. And then he has this other thing where he he puts a shocking device on their heads, on another group's heads, and just shocks them all at once and disables them. So he's doing all these crazy things, but then he's captured. Yandu shows up with his arrow, and, you know, there's nothing he can do. So, But then uh, Nebula ends up getting disarmed, root disarm, or gets her out of the handcuffs, and she disarms Yandu, shoots the the implant on his head, shoots it off so he can't control the arrow anymore. And the Ravagers are revolting. They have a, a mutiny, and they all head back to the ship. And we just kind of see who who's in charge. You know, they're trying to figure out that. Nebula just wants to ship, and she leaves to go track down Gamora to be able to kill her. That's all she wants to do. She wants revenge for the horrors that Thanos did to her because her and Nebula used to battle, and Nebula would win all the time, and then Gomorrah would get like her arm cut off and get um, a mechanical arm. So she's half half machine because she kept losing to Nebula, or kept losing to Gamora. So now she wants to kill Gamora. Mm-hmm. Which kind of got old after a bit, um, to be honest, for me anyway. Uh, if that was her sole motivation of being in this film, then it's very one-sided, very one-dimensional, and I kind of lost interest in that whole thing. They kind of make up at the end a little bit, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. So it seems like her, her whole goal now is to kill Thanos. So I think we'll see her in Infinity Wars for sure. Yeah, she's in it. There, She's on a lot of the promotional items for 
Oh, and she, because I, I haven't yeah. seen her in the trailer, but I haven't really looked for her either. Because like you said, it's kind of like, okay, uh, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, you just got sick of uh, that storyline. Yeah. So she finds her way to this planet, tracks down Gamora, and they battle. They're going back and forth. And I don't think, I think Nebula kind of wins. There's going to win, but then more, you know, Peter, he's back with Ego, and he decides to not side with Ego. He wants to um, not join with him, basically, and re- rebels against him. So they start fighting, which becomes a bigger conflict. And so Nebula and Gamora have to end up team- teaming together to be able to escape alive. Uh, so Rocket, he's with Yondu, Rocket and Groot. And they end up leaving and coming to the planet as well, if I remember correctly. And they, they kind of swoop in in their ship with um, another Ravager. Oh, what's his name? It's Sean Gunn. Needles? Huh? Is it Needles? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I bet but it's he's, he's the director's brother, that guy. So, uh, so they swoop in. Yeah, why don't you look that up? They swoop in try and save them now chaos is breaking loose on the planet and ego is attacking them they're attacking ego but they have this bomb that they concocted and they send Groot to <laughs> to activate it but baby Groot's still not fully formed and he's just kind of doesn't understand everything that's kind of a humorous moment when they're telling the instructions to blow up the bomb but he doesn't remember them when it comes to it so he's just like Okay. He runs off with the bomb and uh, hides and stuff. So it's kind of funny that way. But they end up uh, blowing up the Yondu ends up blowing up the, activating the bomb. And he ends up dying and the others escape. It's a lot more complicated than that, but um, I don't know. I, I had a hard time watching this, this film. Um, there were some great parts to it, but overall, I, I probably watched, started watching this film like three times. I'd watch it for a bit and stop. Watch it for a bit and stop. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, and I don't, it wasn't that it wasn't that interesting. I think that's what it was. It just wasn't that interesting. Because it didn't, I was having a hard time trying to figure out where it all fit into the overall story and why it was important. Yeah. I, you know, we've talked kind of about the, the ups and downs of the, uh, the Disney Marvel connection. And I think that, you know, there, there can be some good things, but I think this is a direct product of all the bad things. Right. Um, you have, this storyline that you beat like a dead dog. Like, it's just like, okay, enough. Right. We don't care. I mean, I don't about Nebula's beef. Like it just gets old, you know, uh, I don't, I'm sick of like, it's the same jokes over and over. It's jokes just for the sake of having a joke and it's not needed. Uh, you know, like, at the end, of, near the end of the movie, when they're running out, and uh, I don't even remember what Drax says, but he's like running out 
trying to get away, you know, when Ego and uh, Quill are throwing down and he's trying to get in the ship and he starts saying something to Mantis, you know, like, and it's, I don't know, just his dumb joke. And it's like, oh my goodness, I get it. Okay. But like, just stop, you know, and they just keep going at these jokes and, and the storyline is really, really lame. And I think I, the, where I, where I put this storyline on is kind of what we see from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is also Disney, where by the third movie, the jokes were, were enough. Like, okay, I, I don't, I, I need more than just these dumb jokes over and over again. I need more than this. Just, just, it's not good enough just to have pirates and pirates of the Caribbean. I have to have a good story too, but no good story to keep me interested. But yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is cool, but the storyline's so weak, it takes away from that. The jokes are so lame, it takes away from that. The any plot points that are are there are just like almost secondary plot points that you don't care to listen to. So I, I really felt like this was a really weak film that that was put out. And and I I I watched it and there were some fun parts, but as a whole I just didn't really enjoy it all that much. Yeah, I think they were trying to hide the weak story with jokes. I mean, if you get the audience laughing, then they stop paying attention to, you know, what's going on in the film as much, right? You're like, well, why, why are they doing this? That doesn't matter. It's funny. And I, when I saw this in the theater, I didn't like it. I, I think we reviewed it last summer on our show, one of our shows. And we gave it a low grade then. And I was like, well, when I went and saw it, I, I, um, you know, we were late. And so I was kind of stressed out about that and mad that we were, you know, couldn't get there on time. So maybe that's why I didn't like it. But then we <laughs> bought it on, on home video and I watched it again. I was like, oh, I like it now. <laughs> it was much better. And I gave it a higher grade. But then now I watched it this time after watching, you know, I think putting in into the context of, this whole Marvel cinematic timeline and watching it right after the first Guardians of the Galaxy where everything's new, everything's fresh, new characters, new storyline. You watch this one next, it doesn't bring anything new. It's, you know, it has a lot of same old tropes that we've seen. Um, nothing seems to have any like lasting impact. I, I guess a Nebula, no, Gamora and Peter kind of their relationship improves a little bit. I think that's the big takeaway. And then the group ends up banding together more. But outside of that, there's nothing that carries over that's lasting that I can see. And I think when you watch it directly after the first one, which was good, you see the the deficiencies and you know, just uh, how the storyline is not just not as good. I think it's more prevalent. If you, if you were just to watch this movie by itself, like, oh, that's good. Because that's what I did when I bought the, the DVD is, or the digital copy. I was like, oh, I just watched it. And I was like, oh, that's a good film. But, you know, stacked up with everything else, it just doesn't hold, hold water. No. I think, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, yeah, not at all. It was, um, I mean, you made a movie, really, that centered around his dad, which just isn't a storyline. I mean, you could have made it one. I'm sure they could have wrote it, but since they wanted to do something with Thanos and not Ego, you end up taking him out, and it's like, well, that that could have been 
taken in a in a five minute scene. That that could have been done. And I almost feel like the after credit scene about you know uh, the high priestess when she says I'm going to call him Adam. So I did look that up, and, and it is confirmed for number three. It is Adam Warlock for the third Guardian Galaxy. I almost felt that that was more important than the entire movie to the future films. And so uh, when that happens, when you can take a 25-second clip and have that have more relevance than an hour-and-a-half movie, then the movie just is... I I mean, for lack of a better word that can say how horrible this was, it's kind of trashy, you know, and... It, good things, good acting, but just w- with <laughs> without a storyline, it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the end credit scenes, uh, uh, as this film is over, we see you know since Yondu died, you know we get the whole "I'm Mary Poppins jaw" line, which is funny, but way overplayed. Um, you know, he died. <laughs> And Craglin, oh, that's his name, Craglin. Yeah, Craglin. The other Ravager. He takes over Yondu's arrow and is trying to master it, and he ends up stabbing Drax with it. And <laughs> we, another one, we see the Ravagers, you know, the Sylvester Stallone and the other guys. Uh, interestingly enough, one of them is being raped. The other one's Michael Rosenbaum from a Smallville, Lex Luthor. And then we got Michelle Yeoh, who's an accomplished actress. But we got them as the Ravagers, and um, they, uh, Sylvester Stallone's character suggests they go on an adventure of their own. And so maybe you see more of them in the future. But very nebulous, you know, not very, nothing definitive there. It's kind of a, okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> And then we see Stan Lee and another one out in the space with some big-headed aliens talking about all the different things he's done. And this kind of alludes to how all these Stan Lee cameos in all these Marvel films, that he's playing the same character. And I don't know how they're going to tie that all together and make it work, but that's kind of the rumor that we're hearing. Um and then that moves on to more credits. And then we see the one that you mentioned, the Aisha, the priestess Aisha. Uh, she unveils an ultimate weapon, and so she'll call him Adam. So get the Adam Warlock reference. And then we also see teenage Groot, which is actually the son of Groot, like we talked about in the last episode. With the Guardians of the Galaxy, he's kind of got this messy room, and he's listening to music, and he's all moody. So... That was pretty funny. <laughs> Typical teenager. And Quill's like acting like a, a father. Like, like I come in here, I'm stepping on all your, your uh, roots and blah, 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 blah. And put that thing down, it's going to rot your brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds pretty good. So we'll see uh, an older Groot from here on out, it looks like. Um, and then Howard the Duck. He's not in the end credit scenes, but he's in, in the film. The Ravager hangout when you first see Yondu and the other Ravagers, his party place. And he's just hanging out and enjoying enjoying the place. So he's still around. Get to see him. He's escaped from the collector and doing his own thing now. 
But yeah, that's it. That's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Some good things, some not so good things. Overall, kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a C minus, my opinion of it, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be a little worse. I'd be like right there, like in a deep plus. It was, it was pretty horrible. I mean, uh, the best the best part of the movie was the cast. And if, if you just told me the cast and then never saw a movie, I would have probably been more pleased <laughs> with what I saw. It just wasn't, uh, just didn't do a whole lot. Like you said, for the storyline at all. Um, I mean, I just remember watching it at theater and being annoyed by these jokes. I was like, Oh my goodness. I, I cannot handle them anymore. Like it was just, ridiculous and too much and I mean my fingers are crossed that they move away from that from the Infinity Wars just you know move like it's cool to have jokes and I think they're funny and you know I think they bring a good dynamic to the film but when it's the same type of joke over and over again like you gotta move on Uh, you know get something else in there yeah and I think with the matter of that being addressed in Infinity War, they can't have too many jokes or else it, in my opinion, it would ruin the movie. I mean, you got the serious galactic event happening where, you know, worlds are being destroyed, people are being killed. You can't be running around cracking jokes all the time. No. I mean, you can have funny parts in there, like kind of what we see in the, in that trailer, you know, between, um, uh, Iron Man and Peter Quill like yeah I mean obviously that's a joke and funny but I mean that's that's kind of where it's got to be is just like that you can't just make it over the top yeah yeah so we'll see how that goes um next up in our rewatch series is episode 12 Avengers Age of Ultron so the second Avengers movie uh, we'll be talking about that next and as always you can find our podcast on iTunes SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, MixCloud, all kinds of places. Just do a Google search and you'll find us. You can always find us on Facebook.com slash Credulous Nerds, as well as on our homepage, Random Angst. And everything there on our, our homepage. If you want to try and figure out you know, which platform you want to use, definitely do that as well. But uh, engage with us. Let us know what you thought of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Volume 1 and any of our rewatch series that we've done over the past few weeks. Uh, we're getting ready for Avengers 3 Infinity War, which comes out April 27th. And we will be there bringing you live coverage of us watching, not watching the film, but you know, getting ready to watch it and an immediate reaction show. We'll do that and let you know what we thought of it. So join us on social media, ask us questions, and all kinds of things. Do you have a, a credulous question of the week for for this film, Mark? You know that that's funny. Um, I I don't not for Guardians of the Galaxy. I I don't know like a ton ton about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, anyone that's listening, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to have questions of the week, questions of the day. I post them on Facebook. I, you know, I'm going to ask them in the films. Feel free to get involved. I think these are fun questions because they're you know just kind of things that exist, but that you never really think about, or maybe you have, and you have some good ideas. Uh, I think I've asked a, a couple throughout the different filming, uh, different ones. Um, I think one of them I asked, uh, um, or maybe I haven't asked this one. 
what's stronger, Vibranium or uh, uh, what's the X Men one? Adamantium. Is yeah, is adamantium and adamantium or vibranium stronger? Right, because they both exist in the same universe. Adamantium is supposed to be the strongest metal on Earth. Vibranium has been said to be the strongest metal, right? That's what uh, used for the shield of Captain America. So which is stronger? Um, maybe it, that was a question I thought I had asked and I remember. But, you know, questions like that, like I asked, and, you know, feel free to message back and comment. Unfortunately, with the Guardians, they're just kind of straightforward, so there's not a whole lot of questions, and I don't know enough about them to sound any educated. I'd ask a question, and then I wouldn't even be able to answer it. So, <laughs> Yeah. But you'll be ready for Avengers Age of Ultron. Coming up next. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And maybe that's, that's what we'll go for the vibranium and the, uh, the adamantium. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us, and appreciate you listening and being a part of this. And hopefully this is... Uh, educational, interesting, fun, whatever the case may be, let us know. Give us some feedback. We always appreciate feedback. That means we're able to improve our show. We know what you want, what you are interested in, and we can cater to that. So I want to thank you guys for listening, and you guys have a great night. See you guys.